you know, we were talking about conviction as a way to help eliminate doubt. Um, but now, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about how some of the tactical processes. So the conviction helps you make that decision when things are hard, like I'm going to keep going. It gives you that overall fuel, but sometimes you need like brass tacked abilities to take on the suck that you're facing. So when I do a long run, for example, sometimes it's like, and I'm a sprinter, guys, by the way, I'm a sprinter. Sometimes when I do a very long distance run, it gets to a point where it only focuses on the next step. And that's a mental technique that I've utilized um, to keep myself going. Um, and there's a lot more to that. And honestly, I was listening to a guy named um, Brad. Let me see what his name is here. What is your name, sir? Well, We'll get to that later on. We'll get to his name. But anyways, um, he had a really good video about um, performance mindset, a really good video about performance mindset. He's a former ranger. Um, so, you know, people that do the special forces, they put themselves, like you already got the military and the boot camps and the crazy stuff they had to go through to get through that stuff. Um, but then when you go to special forces, like, the requirements that are upon you in that selection process, just getting through the selection process. Cause everyone thinks about like the Navy SEALs, like, man, buds, it's crazy, man, that's crazy. Like that in of itself is crazy. And then from all the things I've heard on YouTube, so I don't know, but these guys say they're Navy SEALs, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like that's just the, that's just the beginning. But I guess similar to like going to a fire Academy, right? That's hard work during it. But man, when you're going out and living life as a firefighter, that's its own difficulties. Maybe you're going through the police academy. That's its own difficulties. But these guys have to have a certain mindset um, and tools to deal with the onslaught of pressure and struggle that they have to go. Now, some people, of course, they just shrug it off, like, mm, whatever, but that's not everybody. And so this guy here with his performance mindset and his whole website, his YouTube is trained like a ranger, right? Um, and in that, you know, when he was talking about performance mindset, he gave five different areas to develop that. And I really connected to these areas because they were tactical things and they were things that spoke to the warrior side of me. And when I say warrior side, I mean that from my martial arts background, Shaolin monk warrior training stuff. I didn't get to train no temple or anything like that. I'm just talking about my mar local martial arts school, right? But they pass on the mindset, which is a warrior, a fighter tries to conquer other people or tries to conquer the world outside of them which you can never truly do. You can't ever control all the elements outside of yourself. You just, you, you can't. Um, it's outside of you. But what you can control, what you can conquer, is that internal world. And that's where all the self-improvement and development and everything's about. That's really what this podcast is mostly about, bringing out the best of ourselves, right? That's why I interview people who have done great things and have them share their stories about that process and what we can learn from them. That's why I try to share my own lessons from challenges that I faced um, and stories that are passed on to me. Uh, that's why I try to share it so we all can kind of move ourselves forward. Anyways, this performance mindset really spoke to me, uh, and there's a couple different elements that he talked about. So we're going to jump into that. I highly suggest you go um, and look at his video. Um, it's a performance mindset for, like, military selection. Um, what else was it? it? There's a couple of other things, sports and, like, general application. It's trained like a ranger, so just search YouTube, train like a ranger. You'll see him come up. Really good stuff. Like I said, I'm borrowing a few points from him to talk about today. Hopefully one day 
we'll be able to get him on here for an interview because I really, really value what he was saying. Um, but one of the things that I think is really important before we even get into the different points, uh, his name is Daniel Burnett, by the way, found it, Daniel Burnett. Um, it's having our conviction is great, but like Mike Tyson said, if those of you don't know, he was a boxer, a great boxer. It's like everyone has a plan until they're hitting them out, right? Like everyone has a plan, so sometimes shit goes wrong, right? Things are very, very hard. We're still in this fight. We chose this fight. This is what we're going to do, but it sucks, and I need to get over the suck factor, okay? Um, but before we do that, um, for the people that are listening and watching, uh, you may have noticed that we got some really nice videos going on now, and the sound price sound really nice and you see my nice little black and white pictures etc well we got a new home uh with global media enterprise so check them out man videography uh 360 virtual tours and podcasts uh they do all that they welcome me to make this my new home um and so this is this is where we're at man that's why we got this whole nice fancy setup versus being in my office space or in my bedroom so it's really nice here. Um, I get to stand up and present, which is nice. It's what I'm accustomed to. Um, and feel kind of professional about it. You know, it feels good. It feels good. Uh, they do great work, guys. Really go check them out. Uh, the CEO is uh, Kevin Shook. So Global Media Enterprise, go check them out, guys. Okay, so we're talking about fear. So Burnett mentions that fear is a challenge for folks. And that's why I talked about conviction on the last episode. If you have conviction, it helps you to overcome the fear. He also says that when you train, you know, if you are trained, it helps you to overcome the fear. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes in life, we're not going to receive any training, right? And as warriors, warrior mindset, regardless of what happens in the outside world, we need to be able to control what's going on in here. Right. So sometimes we're not having training. Sometimes we may be critiqued based on our skill sets, but there's no metrics either. So what happens when there is no training, when there are no metrics? How do you keep your own self of steam and integrity uh, when shoot, you don't know what to do or you don't know if what you're doing is that good? Right. Um, and like I said, we can't always believe that training is going to be there for us. So um, I remember talking to one of my good friends. Uh, he was a manager. He did some financial management. That was not was his background. He decided to help a small community. I mentioned this last time. Um, so he came in, started getting things put into order just because he has that warrior mindset. So he didn't come in with a strong finance background. He started getting things together. Um, he did a lot of good work. Everyone liked him in the beginning. But as he made more changes that were efficient – uh, that didn't help people that like certain things. As he focused on the protocols and making things appropriate, he fell out of favor. And then people started to critique him. And, you know, he left that place. Um, he did a good job. I know because I talked to him during that time. Um, and you talked to him. I was like, man, I did a fantastic job. But herein is a guy who did a fantastic job, but there's no metrics. And people talked pretty poorly about him, too. They even tried to tell other places he went to that he was – not a person they, that could be trusted, which is completely inappropriate um, and untrue. So I wonder, like, man, how does this man keep such a, such composure during this? 
And when looking at Burnett's um, five points, one of his points, which works for us as warriors wherever we're at, is a focus on task-relevant cues. Once again, that's task-relevant cues. So task-relevant cues is what should I be doing right now? So the easiest thing to say, and he uses as an example, is imagine if you ever seen like a movie where people are going through boot camp, right? They're being yelled at, yelled at. Everyone's in their face, you know, nothing they can do is right, you know. In that time, their focus has to be what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yes, I'm giving different stimuli. Yes, they're talking trash about me, right? All they're doing is calculating stress response, but I need to focus on a particular task that is in front of me. What information am I getting that I need to take in and then make that so that I can do an output? What am I taking in to make as an output? And in life, sometimes we have to figure out what our own inputs are going to be. There may not be a clear uh, statement was task relevant, but sometimes task irrelevant. What are people think? Someone screaming or yelling in your ear doesn't matter. Something else happens outside of your control. Anything outside of your direct control and regarding people's opinions or feelings about you doesn't matter, right? Um, if there's no metric system, you can't figure out, like, is this good enough? Doesn't matter. It's outside of you. You have to figure out what your task relevant cues are going to be, what you know is going to be good. So, the overall idea is to control what can be controlled. So, as I mentioned earlier, for me, the easy example, because I'm physically capable, or at least I was, this ankle's being a little weird, right? But running. I'm a sprinter by natural body build. 100 meters is more than enough for me to run. I'll sprint that, be done. You want me to do that a couple of times in a day? We're good. A.K. you want me to run down the block real fast? Fine. Oh, you want me to, to run six miles, three miles? Good God. Or like the one time I did 13 miles? You're asking quite a lot from me. You know, if a mile is usually about 10 city blocks, I'm like, I'll give you a block at the best, right? Mindset. Okay, there's a certain point where the pain is so much where all I can do is what is the one thing I can do? What can I do? Well, I can take one step. What should I not focus on? Well, Ah, my back hurts a little bit. Oh, it's a little hot. Like, okay, is that relevant to the task at hand? Not really. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Like, okay, at some point we may want to make sure we get water if we're getting to the part where we might get super dehydrated. It's going to be a medical problem. But besides that, it's just heat. It's just the sun. Or in the case before that I've done, running in the snow, like, it's just a little chilly. It's just a little snow. It's just a little soft, a little slick. Okay, what are the tasks I need to do to operate around that to make sure that I maintain the goal that I've set? I'm determining right now how far I'm going to run, you know. I'm determining the speed. And ultimately, in that large-scale kind of goal, I'm focusing on the small goal, literally step by step. I'm just making sure I lift. Sometimes it's as simple as make sure you lift your knee. Just lift your knee, lift your knee. When I was doing my ruck, it was about really lifting my knee. It was like, I can't walk fast enough that I can kind of march this speed and it doesn't hurt me so much. I'm going to lift these knees, lift these knees. I'm going to bend my back forward a little bit, get some of that weight transfer to help me move faster because I'm moving just about as fast as I can. So what else can I do? Get that weight transfer. Oh, you know, maybe if I pump my arms a little bit, that will help. At this point, when I'm struggling, my I mean, my shoulders hurt, you know, I'm tired. 
once again, is what are the specific steps that I can do. Now, in times, like my friend who uh, found himself in a new role teaching himself what to do, um, and then eventually, you know, no metrics are available, readily at least, and then eventually dealing with people who make up their own metrics, uh, what do you do in situations where you're at work or in a new organization or something and you don't you don't know what to do? You don't know what the task relevant cues are. There are certain things that we all can do um, or things we can think of. So one example based on your personal situation, right, is you can always come in early or you can stay late, right? Now, if you have kids that you have to drop off at school or what have you, bus requirements, et cetera, then that's one thing. But if you have that as a flexibility, that is something you can do. Why? Because that's going to give you something that you chose to put in. That gave you your own metric. You know what? I don't know what's going on here, but I know if I put in 30 more minutes of work, I've done something more than what was than what anyone else expects, you know, than what I expected myself to do in generally. And that's going to move me forward one step at a time or one will roll at a time, or what have you. Uh, maybe it's reading about your field, spending 10 minutes a day, or reading or listening to an audio book about your field, right? I'm going to learn. I don't know what we're doing here. There's no real goals, but you know what? There might be some information out there. Maybe it's not here, but maybe there's someone out there who has some insights or has some inspiration that I can take from someone who can else that's out there that can point the way for me to find new pathways to go. So I'm going to read. I'm going to take a free online course. We got Coursera as a good example. Uh, they say pay for classes, but you can audit the courses there. Take a Coursera course. Maybe you're doing accounting. Take an accounting course, right? Maybe you're suddenly um, thrust into a leadership position, and you're like, I'm really good at my technical skill of, I, I don't know, um, I just think about numbers bookkeeping. I'm really good at that, but now I need to lead a team. How do I do that? You know what? Let me let me look on Coursera, leading people, uh, team management, communication. Those courses are things that are free that you can take. Another thing that's in your control as a warrior, this is about you controlling you, it's good attitude. And we'll do a, another episode about good attitude in and of itself. But um, for those people that I've known as leaders, that is one of the best um, traits you can have is a good attitude because that's your outlook regardless of what's going on and attitude is um I'm not sure the word permissive no I can't think of the correct word but attitude spreads among people so and negative attitudes spread a lot quicker than positive ones so you know what you can come to a situation not being sure and but saying to yourself we're going to figure it out and you bring the best attitude the belief and confidence uh, to the people you work with or at a minimum to yourself, right? You're going to be that beacon of light. Hey, I don't care what's going on, but I'm here. We're going to embrace it. You know, it could be you have me doing 500 burpees today and yeah, it kind of sucks, but I'm not going to choose to let my mind think that way. I'm going to enjoy this moment of being able to be here. Yeah, guys, we have to stay here and work on this coding project past 1 a.m., it sucks. I prefer to be home, but that's all right. We're, we're going to make the best of what we got here. That is something you can control. I'm not saying it's easy. Good attitude is one of the things that I know I struggle with on occasion when lots of crazy stuff happens, but it is within our control. Um, 
perhaps you're in an organization, you know, I was talking to someone who's a new manager and they come into a place where there are no systems for the work that's done. Remember metrics, things happen, but there's no systems of efficiency. Well, you may not know your job that well. Maybe no one else has done your job. They actually had walked into a brand new role that was created, right? So no one can really pass down a lot of information to you or just no system. All right, guess what? I'm going to start creating the system. Um, simple stuff. If you if you have clothes that you iron, iron them. Or wear clothes that you have access to that make you feel somewhat comfortable. The, the idea here, really, okay, is taking control, task-relevant focus or task-relevant cues. You may not know what the task-relevant cues are. Um, sometimes you do know and you know what those are, focus on them. But if you can't find those outside of yourself, you have to determine what your personal disciplines are, what are the things you're going to focus on. Because at the end of the day, it's about you controlling you, about you feeling good about yourself. You should be able to go home and say, you know what, I put in extra I put in the work that I believe I need to do. Is there more I could put in? There's always going to be more. But I did the best that I could do. And perhaps I went above and beyond. I didn't have to come in work an hour early. But you know what? They can say what they want to say about me. But I put in extra work. Or, I mean, you have a role like I have, you know, something physical. I'm making sure I keep my physical training in check. I don't know what these other guys are doing. That really doesn't matter. But I know that I'm sweating and bleeding out there in the world so that I can be good and be prepared for whatever shows up. Maybe it's that I'm staying up a little extra late and writing that term paper, or I'm staying up and not finishing that report. Whatever it is, you have to put in the work to make you happy with you. And if you understand what those task-relevant cues are for yourself and keep them, you can take them anywhere you go. And that's pretty fantastic. Now, some of you might say, like, all right, I did the Kumbo, so that's good and all. Uh, that sounds great. I mean, I'll figure out what mine are, but what happens if during the process I'm working to achieve, working to achieve, and let's say I wasn't good at the external tasks-related cues. We couldn't figure them out, or there weren't any metrics, or there weren't good metrics, or things were, you know, sometimes uh, people are put in positions so that they can fail and not succeed outside of themselves, right? What happens if I don't? pass that test or I don't get that job or keep that job, you know, I don't make that program. What, what do I do? You know, because this is going to be something that I know in my experience has come up like, man, am I, well, if I don't keep this, you know, I've been through two different probations as a police officer and in the uh, fire department. Those are scary times. Cause you're like, I might not have a job. I don't pass this. Okay. What can you do? Got something for you guys. My guy, Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Former president, um, one day we we'll had to do a further conversation about Teddy Roosevelt. He's a very interesting guy, very sickly kid, very asthmatic. Um, he ended up being one of the most gregarious guys, a hunter despite his poor eyesight. And some people don't like hunting, I get that. But the ability to be able to hunt, to be able to box despite asthma and a sickly constitution as a child, the ability to develop himself to be a gregarious guy. You know, he had to stay in the house and not play with other kids because of his his illness. Man, he's just a great guy. Just He's done great. And if you ever get a chance, YouTube, Epic Rap Battles of History, they talk about Theodore Roosevelt. It's, it's a great rap. You'll love it if you like rap and history, okay? But um, Roosevelt made a quote, and this is from, um, it was a quote about citizenship and the republic. And it's been used several times, and it's one of my favorites, and I definitely suggest you 
put this in your back pocket. But it reads the following. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or their doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives violently, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who, at the best, knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly? So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Let me read that last part again. Um, who at best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. It's a beautiful quote. Beautiful, beautiful quote. One of my favorite quotes. It is a quote for warriors, people who want to conquer themselves to learn. So one of the challenges we have when we think about failure and success is one way or the other, what are our people going to think, how that's going to look, and it, it doesn't matter. But we also have to say to ourselves, like, as warriors, it is a challenge that grows us, that strengthens us, that prepares us for the next battle. Sometimes we lose um, a moment battle, but we don't have to lose the war. Every time is an opportunity to learn from us, every chance. They always use the light bulb example. Well, you can use whatever example. You use Tesla and, and you know, the Tesla cars and how that's been. You can use all of Elon Musk's work as an example of people who have tried things, haven't always gone perfect, but they continue to work and work and work and work and work. As warriors, you have to be willing to take that challenge, right? And if you do not succeed in the way you wanted to, you have to realize that you chose to live life. There are a lot of people out here in the world who are just walking their everyday lives. They're just stuck in their routine and they may not be happy, but they are too afraid to dare. I remember when I left one of my jobs to do something very drastic. And, you know, I remember someone saying, like, I could never do that. I was like, it's just trying to do this. I I could never do that. And, you know, I was like, man, everyone can try. And now now that I'm older, now that I faced fears, I faced the sense of, you know, what if my life isn't stable? Now I understand it does take courage to say, hey, I'm going to live life on my own terms, right? That conviction piece, we kind of go back to that. That does take courage and takes the focus on tasks so that we don't get confused in the process. Take the next step when things get hard. As warriors, we always have to take the next step and toward so that we can live our life and live it fully. And failures, quote, unquote, I don't even like using that term, really, but that's what we learned out here in the West. Failures are just a part of that. That is where you learn the most. And at another point in time, we'll probably do a follow-up conversation on that. But it's better to have strived for a noble cause, whatever it may be, than to simply have let life happen to you. Don't let life just happen to you. Go ahead and take charge. Even with small steps, live your life. This is 
maybe there's a heaven or a reincarnation or something great. You may not ascribe to that. You may just say, hey, I'll just be a part of Earth again. That's all good. But what we all do have most definitely is right now. And this in one way or other is a gift. It can also seem like a nightmare. But that's why we had to fight to develop ourselves as war to focus on those things that we can so that we don't lose sight of the joys that are in this life. Because it's so very easy to be afraid and to be worried about finances, family, health, etc. Try to focus on the next task. Now, there's something else I want to add to you. Um, another quote you can put down. This is a Steve Jobs quote, okay, in case... You're wondering, like, man, yeah, that sounds good, but what if I really failed this, right? Um, this is another quote to put in your pocket. Um, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them by looking backwards. So you have to trust that all the dots will somehow connect in your future. I'll read that one more time. Steve Jobs again. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in the future. It means that we, we we can't tell how our actions are truly going to pan out. If something works or doesn't work, we really don't know what that's going to mean in the grand scheme of things. So we have to oftentimes look back and say, hey, man, had I not experienced that, I would have been ready for this, that, and the other. For me, my example is Spanish. Man, I sucked at Spanish in high school. I sucked bad it was really bad it was sad and I remember one of my first teachers they made me so uncomfortable they would ask a question I wouldn't I wouldn't know the answer and they'd be like see or no see or no see or no and I just feel so stressed so overwhelmed you know it it was bad and I remember being in that class and and trying to answer questions when I did the homework because sometimes I didn't do it because I was not focused on tasks relevant cues you know um because I was just more upset by the class and other life stuff so I remember Hand raised, trying to answer questions, trying to answer questions, trying to answer questions, not being called on. Well, get to a question that I didn't know, put my hand out because I didn't know it. Then I get called on, which just reinforced that sense of, like, what am I doing? Oh, my God. You know, well, I graduated high school and got past that class. But I went to college, man, and had a teacher that believed in me. And I ended up studying abroad. And right now I'm still reviewing Spanish, you know. I've been able to translate sermons while they're happening in Spanish. I'm not saying it was perfect. Definitely not, because that's not what I was trained to do or that I knew I was going to do, translate poetry. But I use that. That's one of my best examples, because all I knew during that Spanish time in high school was hardship. I did put in extra time in terms of trying to study on occasion, trying to meet with teachers. Yeah, it might have been a little flaky on the homework on occasion, but I did try to make sure I got through it and at the end of the day, had I not put that effort in, I may have been further back behind when I started Spanish, or I may not have taken it as seriously. When I jumped into Spanish in college, I, I went I went all in. I went all in. I went I tried to study as much as I could and you know, one summer I spent time just listening to Spanish news and I didn't understand what they were saying until one day, you know, I went, talked to my teachers, and boom, I understood what they were saying. How about that? But had I not had such horrible times in Spanish, I would not have gotten to the point where I would have put in so much work. And then that leads me to a time frame like now where I have been on medical scenes as an EMT and no one else speaks Spanish. And you the guy. Because you the only one. And guess what? 
I, I couldn't have ever foreseen that. I didn't even think I would want to be a U of T, you know? You want me to show up some random place late at night and not get paid anywhere like a nurse or a doctor? Psh, no, here I am, U of T, right? But years ago, I never would have foreseen that. So you can't connect the dots um, looking forward. You got to look backwards, okay? So don't worry. Just try to live. Now, I got a couple of suggestions for you to kind of follow along with you on the path outside of just determining what the external uh, uh, cues are and what your internal ones are. Um, take this Teddy Roosevelt quote that I told you. Go find that. Print that out. Um, read it before and after work, before and after studying, before and after exercising, before and after a journey that you may take, before and after anything hard, right? Read it. Read it to your mind, to yourself. Try to give it some power because those words are true and they mean a lot. There are many people who are cowards in this world and will throw stones and you can't let that. And this world will teach you to throw stones at yourself, which is the worst because you live with yourself 24-7, right? So you need to pay attention to that. Get that as a positive talk in your brain. Remember, you're out here giving it your all and make sure you Give it your all, you know, based on what you can figure out you can do. If you're going to go someplace, let's say, where you're going to be away for a while on a trip, you won't have access to the Internet, let's say, like, military boot camp or police academy or fire academy or whatever, memorize it. Say it to yourself, okay? So that's one thing. Second thing, choose two, one to two actions that you think would make you um, focus on the, the functional tactical cues, like, Find something that you think works for you. It might be getting to work earlier. It might be um, reading something for work. Whatever that thing is that makes you feel like I'm putting in effort, you know, or I'm putting effort above and beyond, and then I feel I can go to sleep feeling good about that. Find one or two of those things to do, and don't miss more than a day. You're going to miss a day here and there. It happens. It's human. It's okay. You're allowed to do that. But try not to miss more than two days, I've heard, because then it becomes more like a habit. So try not to miss a day. Find that thing that you want to do and give that effort. Celebrate your wins. Um, it's really hard to celebrate the work that we do sometimes. I'm really bad at that. You got to celebrate and own those wins. And remember, like, what hardships have taught you. Like me in the Spanish class, like me in reports. On the EMT side, you might be running all day long and your face kicked in, uh, metaphorically. Um, you're tired, 3 o'clock, and you've, just taking someone in because their stomach hurts and now you had to write a report and you're tired. Well, I would do that. And guess what? I was also pursuing my master's degree. And when I went back to go write a paper after having kind of trained that for a while and being away from my master's degree, it was like, Oh, this paper that I would have fallen asleep on trying to write, I can just write this because the hardship had trained me. It challenged me and developed me to work through further writing hardships. So take some time and, and celebrate those past wins, right? Those past lessons. Not the hard part of it, but realize what you actually gained from it. Okay, guys. So we're going to kind of wrap up here. Task relevant cues. Focus on what you what's necessary to act on right now. Focus on it regardless of the emotional uh, outward or internal negative voices that may come in at you. If you have no external tasks that you can determine or metrics, create your own work towards those. Make yourself feel good. And once again, this task relevant cues got this from Train Like a Ranger. So check out his website, guys. Check out his YouTube. Teddy Roosevelt, 
He has a great quote. And that's pretty much it, guys. There's a couple more domains we'll talk about in the future. We'll talk a little bit more about failure and success. Uh, we'll talk about the growth mindset as well, because I think that's a direct tie to our views on failure and success and how that works. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the warrior mindset as well. So it's been great speaking to you guys. Thank you for dropping by. Um, if you need anything, holler at me, you know, and we'll see you guys next time. See you on the other side of awesome.